Welcome to Marketing Money Podcast. Roll it! Hey, Marketing Money Podcast listeners out there, if you need help with your geofencing and mobile placement of advertising, uh, such as we talk about from time to time, you've got to be on the phone. Look to Rain Local. Uh, they're a partner with this podcast now, and uh, Rain Local does a heck of a job on placing ads on that mobile phone native and helping with social as well. Uh, so if you want to look them up, rainlocal.com. If you talk to a rep, tell them the Marketing Money Podcast sent you. And now, back to our regular talk. Welcome to Marketing Money Podcast. Welcome back again. We're having We're a gonna pause. Hold on. No, Let's keep recording. Keep, keep it rolling. We'll do it live. We're gonna do it. Are you recording right now? Because I want to. I want to Mute be my channel. Josh is over here trying to fix a microphone, and he looks like a kid with his Tinker Toys or something. And I think he just broke yeah. his mic. So I'll just. I'll just take care of the. I'll just take care of the. Uh, we have a guest on the show today. And uh, his name is the Rex. Best guest. Yeah, Rex Grossman, former quarterback. That's about the, right of the uh, Chicago Bears and the. Where is Rex Grossman now? I believe Rex Grossman might be retired at are this point. He's we are young. not related, but I grew up in uh, I grew up in North Florida, and I was in high school when he was playing football at the University of Florida. So a lot of folks thought we were related. So two things to that: one is that was very rude of me because I didn't introduce him as as Drew Grossman. Who is no way more Rex. talented at, at his field of choice versus Rex Grossman at his field of choice? Because he just made it to the Super Bowl. You're going to win the Super Bowl of advertising. Is that correct? I like the sound of that. Yeah. Let's uh, do it. And so, um, Rex Grossman, let's, why did I even do that? That was very rude of me. I feel like the Jim Everett, Chris Everett <laughs> episode when he came across the table and like basically tried to beat up Jim Rome. So you don't please. You're, you're, it's a big table. You look like a very uh, strong, muscular fella. So I don't want you to come over here and beat me up. I'm also sitting next to my new boss, so I'm going to be on my best behavior in this podcast. And so. his number one client. Right. So now the pressure is really on. Yeah. Yeah, but nobody told you how he got to be my. I whipped his ass. That's right. That's right. We, we, feats of strength. We. I won. I, I bested, it's like the animal kingdom over here in Tupelo, I, Mississippi. I bested him in single combat. <laughs> yeah, but it was actually my donkey. It wasn't actually my physical. It was a donkey. Oh, thank you for clearing that yes, up. Yes, I wanted to make sure that's clear. Yeah. His badonka donk. Yes, it was a badonka donk. I made an assumption. Yes, because the... I don't know. Anyway. That makes a... Josh, it, did you fix your microphone there? I'm back. I mean, that was just... What was that? It fell down. You just discombobulated on the podcast. Yeah. It is. Total meltdown. How many trains are going to go by today? Just, so for the listener they're at home, on the same, look, we've had like, they're, they're we, on we're the recording same a couple podcasts so today. Not, we're just going to tell you, we're recording a couple podcasts today because there's only so much time in the world for us to do what we do. Big and bang, Christmas boom. is coming up. And Christmas is coming up, so we're going to have some time off. So we're trying to get them out of the way, get them done, get them done quick. And there is a train in constant motion outside the window. Not just in motion, but honking. It, it's the honkingest train I've ever Honky. heard. Tonk, it's, the honk, it's the honky tonk, but donkey donk. Way to bring it back in and together. <laughs> it is. It's just. It's. It's like just. There you go. There you go. You son of a. 
You can't say that. You can beep it out. It can honk it out. We don't even need to beep it out. Just wait a second and cuss when it honks. There you go. Don't do that. <laughs> you just made this the hardest podcast for Bobby to edit ever. But it's fun. It's still not there yet. Y'all, y'all have done that. It's not this one. Yet. All right. So Challenge accepted. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's talk a little bit about Mr. Drew, not Rex Grossman. Do you really feel bad about that? Because that could have just been a joke. You could have played it off. I don't feel bad about it. Okay. I, I don't I think inter- you should feel bad about it. I didn't it. introduce him, but much respect for you just jumping in. If you would have said like Lex no Grossman and made fun of his um, follicular, like Lex My Luther. My beautiful bald head. Yeah. Well, then that would have been Because rude. I have a lot of room to make fun of people with bald heads. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. A lot of real estate up there. The peninsula, oh, baby. Oh. Dude, enjoy it while you got it. That's, uh, that's nothing to be ashamed of. Hey, I mine. Think, you may not be much. Listen, you just shave yours. Like if I shave mine, it's probably the same thing. Well, I just swirl mine like cotton candy, so you can't tell. I, I dude, I have seen you spray yours on in the morning. Like I know you don't like <laughs> to admit it. I've seen that spray, and you just spray the back. It's of hard it. to find it in Snow White. It's, well, it's kind of it's kind of a glitter whiteout type, you know. You like, spray it on your hair a little bit on the tree my, to give it that. My fake hairdresser snow. calls it the dolphin fur. You have a hairdresser? Yeah. No barber for this man. A hairdresser? Yeah. Can what do you have? Me? Yeah. A Floby. <laughs> it's a vacuum cleaner with a little thing on it. I just go and I'm done. The buzzing suck. Yeah. That's what it does. It just buzz and just sucks the hair out. Okay. Yeah. No wonder your haircut sucks. Yeah. I've ah! always had a bad haircut. Anyway. And they do suck because of the Floby. Is that still in... Can you get a Floby now? Bobby, Google the Floby. Anyway, we have... I can't even think of his real name now. Drew Grossman. Drew Grossman. You yes. have to You have to get really... You, you, get intimate with the mic. Get intimate with the mic. It's Amazon for the, has them. Amazon has Flobies? $120. Ooh. I don't know, man. That's well, Merry Christmas A link to, a link to it in the show notes. Yeah. If you would like a Floby... The video of how to use a Floby is the best, though. I think we might need to give away a Floby. All right. Be a good um, giveaway. All right, yeah. So, we'll figure um, it out. Yeah, we'll do it. Register. If we have at least uh, 50 registrants. Yes. We've got 50 to have emails, enough interest. Just go to the form on marketingmoneypodcast.com and put in Floby. And whatever I would like the Floby... And a song from Moby, and your favorite Mo. Your and favorite? John has small Tobies. What else? You actually—that's weird. Like you have small feet but huge toes. I know it's weird. Anyway, um, I thought it would be interesting. Um, Drew Grossman um, has worked in bank marketing for six years, something like that. Yeah, Cons- not conse- not consecutive, not consecutively, no, no, no. or consensually. Well, for the most part, consensually. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also, um, if you watched or listened. If you watched your cursor move when the you were listening to us last week, or two weeks ago, some point in time, because we're in the future now, um, uh, Devin Hosford was on the podcast. We talked about diversity and background. Since we have a sports and bank marketing podcast, I thought it would be interesting because Drew worked, performed work for the Atlanta Hawks. That's right. Uh, and does you, bank you marketing. actually personally dyed the blonde in the guy's the point guard's hair, right? Did that, you? that was my single contribution was the uh, the stripe on Dennis Schroeder. It's actually funny um, the story behind that that stripe. His mom was a hairdresser, 
Um, and See? she she gave him the golden <sighs> stripe, I think, before a game in high school. And he had the best performance of his career. So it's actually a superstition thing. It's not like uh, uh, people thought it was maybe he had some kind of funky thing and it was natural. We were Rasheed Ligo we the scale. Right. Wallace. I mean, he had that he, spot. Yeah, it wasn't a Rasheed Wallace. Where Rasheed looked like he had just been hanging outside in a seagull. A hairdresser did not do that to Rasheed Wallace. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, Dennis Schroeder, it was kind of a superstition thing. And it's been working for him. I mean, he's had a good career. Not with the Hawks anymore, but he was a good dude. I, well, I feel like the Hawks have kind of flushed their talent. Uh, yeah, so they did. Um, yeah, what actually, what, it's kind of an interesting marketing story. I don't know if we want to get into it right now, but when can, I can we name two Hawks current Hawks players? Yeah, um, John Konkak and probably <laughs> Dominique Johnson. What? <laughs> yeah, that's not current. Oh, current. Two current on the Hawks. roster now. Um, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Sorry, Hawks. Uh, yeah, so um, just to cover uh, cover my own ass here, the Hawks do have some cool young stars. They're an up-and-coming team. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, actually working with the Hawks was an interesting kind of marketing challenge when, when I got involved was in the end, I believe, of 2016. But they'd had a, a pretty solid run of good teams uh, going to the playoffs 10 years straight. But they did, as you mentioned, Josh, kind of unload a lot of talent. So we were marketing a product, a basketball product, that wasn't, uh, for lack of a better phrase, at the top of its game. It kind of changed out from under you. Kind of, I mean, absolutely. I'm sure when the discussion started, it was so, a different so yeah, they a lost Tennessee some superstar talent. fan, I can very much relate to marketing a team that has no talent. <laughs> I love the Vols, and you see these hype videos. I love every school has hype videos for the season. Yeah. Drum music and big bass, and out come the three good plays from last year, and they're replaying. Right. Like, oh, the hype, and then they go and get drilled. Did they put the trash cans in the um, in the hype video? No, we actually put the hype videos in the trash can. Uh, <laughs> I think your volunteers might be a top 10 basketball team this season, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. basketball. Yeah, yeah. That's where it is these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can or play. In, nine, in, in the early 90s? Or? Well, that was with the ladies. Yeah. The ladies mm-hmm. balled then. Now the men are balling. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, this product sort of shifted out from under a it brand. Did. So this is a, a an interesting marketing challenge, even beyond one season. Is right, and and trying to figure out a consistent through line that you can use to build this brand over the course of a few seasons, as you have changing talent on the court, changing because coaches, going to the playoffs for ten years doesn't matter when it's a. You got to fill the arena tonight, yeah. and it's a different team. So yeah, that was absolutely like a new challenge. That, you know, Tim Duncan's there for, for all of those years. They right, go to the you know, you got Duncan, Pop, and uh, Ginobili every yeah. single season. Yeah, it's not the same, uh, not the same ticket. Uh, so that was an interesting challenge. But I think one of the the great things about working with a brand like that is they are very sophisticated in the knowledge of their audience. And I guess they were coming into a new st- uh, a new arena that. Boy, was that the new arena or the bit, last year? Yes, the- they did a they did a pretty dramatic overhaul uh, renovation of their arena, and so that that became an area that we could market pretty pretty heavily and and kind of talk about this this lifestyle brand, this entertainment brand outside of a uh, you know championship season twenty seventeen because you know Probably wasn't as optimistic as promise that right right. Um, so it created an interesting marketing challenge, but I think we did kind of we solved for it in, in some kind of unique and interesting ways. So, a couple questions about the Hawks because I am sort of an NBA aficionado. Yeah, not um, an official. Yes. <laughs> As, Are you an official aficionado? Whatever. Uh, I had as a child the negative Hawk logo. I always thought was Pac Man. Right. 
The Pac-Man logo. That's what they call it. The Pac-Man logo. So I like that. Bring it back. Uh, like you have the power, mm-hmm. and then uh, it's back. By the way, good, yeah. yeah, good, and get rid of the blue and yellow uniforms they've been doing as like alternate night the throwbacks. Th- those are throwaways, right? <laughs> not throwbacks. They're terrible. <laughs> they look awful. Well, I'll see if I still have some connects over there, and I'll make sure so that they get those notes. Technically, that work yeah. was done at a Mabus Agency competitor. So yeah, so let <laughs> them know that Johnny O at the Marketing Money Podcast says more Pac Man. Less blue throwaways. If anyone is listening in the Hawks marketing department, we have a direct note from Johnny O. Yes, yeah. that's right. And I matter because I've been to two Hawks games in my life, and the last one was like in the nineties. So, you know, <laughs> I'm a, a big contributor. Big contributor. I'm an opinion maker. I'm an influencer, Josh. Yeah, I'm an influencer. You know, I can influence um, uh, my children by sheer force. <laughs> that's how's about, that, how's that? And it still doesn't work. <laughs> So anyway, let's get back to the main man over here. Uh, Drew, what the hell do you do? Uh, so I'm associate creative director um, uh, at at Mavis Agency. This is uh, this is my first month here. Actually, I'm excited to be here. Um, but essentially, what I'm going to be doing is working on uh, branding and advertising campaigns for uh, for bank clients, um, figuring out inter- new and interesting ways to tell stories that I think we've been trying to tell for for many years. And so it's a it's a fun creative challenge, um, but it's a, it's also not an easy one. There was an article in the Wall Street Journal or Forbes or one of those esteemed pubs out there that said how data has killed madmen and it was basically taking off on how you know it used to be artistic and art was about it was about, and advertising feel. was about the message yeah, and the right. feel and really touching right. heartstrings and that's all become data driven what's the ROI oh we can do mail and we know we get 1% and here's what it's going to be and it computes this way and we're going to do that mm-hmm. and no one does anything artistic anymore and i think you see that nowhere more so than when you watch television advertisements today. Watch an ad and it's a bunch of medical stuff. You have a disease. Here's a disclaimer. Go get the product. Right. There's nothing creative about it. Go. You know, here's Only in a few weeks we'll yeah, see creative ads it, at the Super Bowl. And they're mm-hmm. not even that creative because I think the, the great creative minds have gone to digital and they're no longer in television advertising anymore. That's and right. so I think... I think that, you're going to see less and less because, I mean, even Netflix are formulating their shows based on... Data. On, on the data that they're gathering. Spotify today... Um, dropped a link, I guess it was today or in the last couple of days. So a few weeks ago when you're listening to this, that um, Spotify Rap, is that it? W-R-A-P.com. You log in to Spotify, and I'll write a piece on this. I've already got sort of a structure written out on it. Um, that They're using their data. You log in, and then they give you this personalized spit-out form um, relatively anonymized. Somebody's going to freak out about this because people freak out about data. Um because they put up a billboard a few years ago that was like, Julie, why did you listen to this song so many times in a row? What what happened? Because the song's mm-hmm. awesome. That's yeah. why. But but it was like, you knew what I listened to? They didn't put did their you last not? name. They could have made it up. It was just yeah, an ad like, campaign. But, but, but you don't think the company that is digitally serving you music and suggesting your next song is looking at your data? to Anyway, it, you could see comparatively, like, um, like listen to more new music than X percent of the world and all this stuff. How many hours did you listen to music? So, I mean, I mean, they just keep serving you Steely Dan ads because you are, a, that's all you listen to is Steely Dan. That is more offensive than me talking about your tiny feet. Steely Dan is terrible. Why do you got to, don't hide your love for Steely Dan. 
He, you know, he's like he's got a Steely Dan tattoo on his. Can back. you name a Steely Dan song? Uh, yeah, Hey Nineteen. Yeah, I guess that is a. I don't. I seriously couldn't. I don't even know if that's the actual name of the song. All I, just I know, know the all I know is that Chevy Chase was going to be like the drummer for Steely Dan or something is like that. Is that true? I've heard that. Yeah, but his name was Steely was not Steely nor Dan, so they couldn't have him in the band. Um, but but uh, t- t- we digress. This datification, the ROI side, the prove it. I mean, I talk to banks every day, talk to you guys. So if you've heard me and you're you're talking about this, but I need data to justify this because that's what you've heard everybody tell you. There's still some art nuance in this, and that's what's truly going to differentiate us. Because I'm gonna tell you something. Please about, bring the art back Please about the bank bring data. The art back. Is everybody has the same damn data? That's right. We all have the same clients. There's no differentiating factor in our data. People don't want to hear from us. Yeah, that's right. And I think even um, with a really uh, data-heavy campaign, which it sounds like that Spotify campaign was, I can't imagine I'm going out on a limb because I haven't seen this campaign. I can't imagine that an analyst is the one that came up with that. It was pretty. Right. So it it takes still, it it takes a designer or copywriter or someone with an advertising headspace to come up with a creative way to use that data and then an attractive way to package it. Well, that right? and, and being able to see what you should do. I mean, within an individual right. institution, and we see things all the time like, wow, you have a huge proliferation of checking accounts above national, I mean, uh, savings accounts above national average, yet your checking account ratio to that savings account ratio is lagging behind. Mm-hmm. Well, that tells us to do a thing. Right. And then we activate creativity, wonder twin powers, and um, and then try to see what we can do within that data set. But the data informing the marketing, right now the worst advertising I see is on Hulu. It's like they've hired, and if you're the agency that does this, call me, at me, bruh. But the, the, this is like third-tier advertising that I'm seeing. The quality, I, the I messaging, the, the Facebook portal ads. I'll name names. I will say, as we're talking about bad advertising there are two kind of old school advertising uh media that i've really taken off in the last few years it's been kind of cool to watch and that's radio advertising in the streaming apps of spotify and pandora and then also out of home advertising i think it's gotten a lot more creative in the last few years so your bus shelters and your your billboards people are trying to use those spaces to tell some cool stories grab people's attention yeah motion graphics up on a billboard which may or maybe putting (laughs) these these things on boston streets that they thought were bombs oh man i didn't know about yeah that's a miss yeah (laughs) wow but but i mean everybody if you're if you're out there trying to break new ground which is what banks are adverse to is you know the pepsi Kendall Jenner ad, the the misses mm-hmm. because you're trying to innovate. As I've said over and over and over, we have at least ten year gap in in how well we're advertising, if not twenty years, to not have to innovate anything, just modernize what we do. So the the art has to meet the math, and I think the art has been losing over the past probably ten years. The to messaging, the, math. the art, the, yeah. the creativity behind it. But I do like, and this will be a couple weeks after it happened. But I do like reading about what Burger King did this past week with mm-hmm. the one penny whopper. Right. Have you read about that? Yeah, yeah, well, so We were just talking about for that. Those well, yeah. didn't read it, Go ahead. Yeah. They geofenced anywhere within six hundred feet of a uh, McDonald's. Yeah. And if you got within six hundred feet or walked into it and you open up the Burger King app, it gave you a, a one time coupon to go get a one penny whopper. Mm-hmm. And, and it was just a, a great way to just kind of overtake and 
And even if it didn't work that well, the publicity behind it was amazing. Right, the PR story. Well, they figured out the buzz, and what they did is they turned an advertising buy because we have geocon we we have performed that exact same methodology. A little different multi- in a retail product versus a bank product. Right, but we've done it. They yeah. geoconquest, yep. geoconquested McDonald's. Consumer yet they did. found a way to hyper inject coolness into it by. Making an offer, yeah, and then and then now it's buzzworthy. Their ad buy became a story. Who can make an ad buy that's so cool that's a story? But a bank, I mean, oh, compliance doesn't. Uh, oh, uh, but but uh, but the me? rights of uh, no. of attraction over the top of a. We're gonna get sued. Can't do that. Yeah, can't do that. Does the data prove? I mean, like, do you have research that says we should do that? No, because it's no one's done it. Yeah, exactly. I, I, not a bank client. Not a bank client. I set. Oh, I get that all the time from people with bank. Like, well, what's the ROI on that? No one's ever done it. We're the first ones to do yeah. well, web shows that are about what we do. I, <laughs> I, I had a challenge for a client that came to me that said, "We want look. You know, we're ready to break out. We we we're, we're ready. We want a meeting where you bring us cutting edge ideas. Right. Cool. We've been asking you to do that. We're gonna yeah. make our print ads color." We're, no, we're going to put video in a magazine. No. Uh, <laughs> no, now that so we, is something I haven't seen. No, we sat down with them and we 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 filled the bill. We showed them something truly innovative and they're like, "Yes, mission accomplished. You did it." Can you show us some examples of where some other people have had success doing this? Yeah, that's not what you want to hear. Like, well, well you're not going to get cutting edge. Well, you way. just said cutting edge, yeah. something that no one's ever done. Hence the term edge. It's past what anyway. Yeah, anyway, um, it was a great, if you're listening, whomever did that. Good for you. Great. Way great to, job. Way to stick to Glad your tradition. Glad we don't work way together to stick anymore. To your tradition. That cutting edge campaign might have ended up somewhere else. <laughs> I don't even remember what it was now. It was, a, yeah. it was a, just a genius idea, though. No, it, it's, you know, as a bank marketer it, and, you know, hearing from consultants and marketing agencies and advertising agencies, it's, it's, you still have to report back to a certain type of board and a certain type of tradition and conservatism in a bank. And, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to get outside the, I hate the cliche, but it's hard to get outside the box sometimes. It really is because their day is built around numbers and built around credit and risk. And you're sitting out here knocking on all of them. Well, I don't have any numbers because this is new. I don't have any credit because it's not something like a credit that you can measure. And then the risk is as long as it's compliant, I can do it. Well, Blah, blah, blah. I got to go through 25 different things. And I mean, nothing kills an ad like 16 lines of mouse type on the bottom that really no one's going to read anyway, but it just makes everyone feel good. Right. Makes you feel good. Yeah. Keeps you from getting sued. Yeah. And I think that's one of the really important things is figuring out what actually is a mandatory and what we just think is a mandatory when it comes to legal copy or some of those disclosures. Because I mean, the reality of it is there are mandatories and and those are important, but we shouldn't uh, tie our hands preemptively because of assumptions that we we might not know are true. Or just say no. Or just say no. Yeah. Like, uh, that may be a problem. That might, yeah, that might trigger compliance. And let's find out. The savvy bank marketer is kind of balancing two things. They have one, people have products that they know by a certain name and by a certain kind of marketing message. So they need to be able to find those so that needs to be expected language if they need a HELOC they need to be able to find a HELOC you can't come up with a cute name for it that buries it on your website but then the flip side of that is you need to be able to grab people's attention and differentiate yourself from the community bank down the street but nobody's doing and that's it, they don't try and do that no one's doing it yeah, that's right 
I mean, I see it. I, it, it I travel to all these conferences and see the there. There was three banks that put off the exact same Halloween Instagram post. I think one of the, one of the things I've noticed working with a, a decent amount of kind of community financial institutions is I think one of the issues is the institution spends all their time thinking about running their business. They don't spend a lot of time thinking about their brand, who they are. And so when they spend two days when the marketing agency or the advertising agency is in town talking about it, they end up coming up with pretty much the same story that their competitors are telling. Our people are great. Our locations right. are great. Our app is cool. Exactly. Yep. And so that... Um, and, and let me say this, because I know everybody's hating me from my past comments. I mean, well, no, we're, just, we're trying to be different, at least. But the thing is, is, is and this is that, that friction is... You can't be too different. You still have to be a bank. You're still a bank. Yeah, I mean, I, I Ally think, came out and, you know, non-bank, simple, non-bank bank, these um, Capital One ca- cafe things aren't doing too well from what I heard because it's a – somebody said, who wants a uh, – Barista as, a, as their banker? Yeah. Right, uh, right. You, you don't. I mean, they Starbucks can't even get your name right. Um, so you want that person doing your, your checking account. But you still have to be a bank to have the confidence of being a bank that's right yet innovating and that's a that's a friction driven environment then you take in the smaller institutions that have a small footprint that don't have the 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 just power to the the budget or the economies of scale to really power that message uh, and not not to bounce around too much but kind of to that point i think one of the things that a, a lot of banks should realize is that folks are looking at your branding materials to make decisions on how good of a business institution you are whether or not that's a good call that's what people do so if they check out your instagram or the ad that you place in the newspaper and there are issues with it. It's just poorly designed. If there are typos on your website, they're making judgments on your lending department based on that information because they're not separating those things. Well, and the other side is, um, and, and Devin made this point in another podcast as part of our sort of internal mantra for a long time has been, let's just say you're, let's say they're accurate, but they're just dated compared to something that is modern that they interact with every day. That's right. It's, it's an unfair com- competitive comparison of you're not as modern looking as even an Amazon. It's not a particularly great site aesthetically, um, or Facebook or Instagram. It just doesn't look as modern as as um, as whatever wherever I'm shopping. And so, well, and, and they're all the same, which is the best thing for banks. Right. Well, I think the <laughs> table stakes have changed. I mean, if you have an iPhone X now, you can shoot studio quality portraits with it. I mean, you can make some really cool work as a you know as a solo act with not a lot of experience so if you're going to be in an agency or a marketing department at a decent sized community bank it's up you got to up your game a little bit you got to make some good work if you want to stand out in the marketplace or or even actually just play at par in the marketplace yeah well it's just and, and again not because other banks are pushing you but just because the generous world aesthetic is yeah, I mean, your nephew's Instagram account is pushing you. Everything yeah. is stylized now. <laughs> I just laugh and think, and most people's nephew's Instagram accounts are probably better than 90% of the bank's right. Instagram accounts in the world. Right. And I'll include ours in that because we you just You guys should hire, hire your nephews as interns. We, we should, we should, yeah. <laughs> really yeah. need them putting out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they need that, need that. But, well, I think that's part of the problem, too, is a lot of – uh, smaller community family-owned banks will be like, well, they don't take marketing that seriously. They don't put a big emphasis on it, so they'll hire a, I don't want to say a family member, but someone that's close right. to them and say, well, we'll just give them marketing, and you go off and play around a little, make some print ads, and well, it'll work fine. Well, especially the community and then, bank 
or, or you know, in a, in a you know, Tupelo, Mississippi, where Renaissance headquartered is. 38,000 people swells to 120,000 during the day with workers, but then Birmingham, Atlanta, Nashville. The uh, workers are going well, home. Do they sing that every day? Yes, it, or the whatever the, um, to tie it back to Disney, the um, whatever the, the dwarfs? dwarfs sing. Yeah. Um, but there are some markets where there isn't anybody. You have to hire somebody. There literally yeah. isn't anybody. No, totally agree. Totally agree. But uh, to Drew's point, I, I think. It's it's gotten where, it, and and Devin Missouri is it, on her podcast. It's almost expected that design has to be involved now because I think Apple raised the game for everybody. That's right. And the cleanliness of Google when they're not trying to push some political thing or something on their mm-hmm. page. But my my point is is that uh, I, I hope as a as a proud person for the banking industry that we're in, I hope that we start realize that marketing is real and the the digification of information is important now. And but the artification just, of it. Does it need to fall back behind it, it, that? But it has. I think data has driven creativity to a standstill almost. Well, well, I think it's driven it to a standstill because you can't answer the question. You can't. It's not, it's not because the data isn't there to back it up. It's really easy to get overwhelmed Unless by you do a direct product ad with a with a, a convert a direct conversion to it. Here's right. a checking account web. Here's, here's a checking product web banner. And if you click on it, it takes you to an account opening link. And then you go through and open an account. Which is very not with only eleven percent of the market even willing to change banks at any time is a very very small window of opportunity and success. It's hard to measure it, but brand impression is important. Yeah, I mean, I think in the past, uh, advertisers and marketers loved direct mail because that was your you, that's what you oh, could they still measure one percent. Right, that, that, you know, you're gonna get one percent. I I do the math on one percent. But there is there's so much to be gained by just what you mentioned, John. That overall brand awareness, which is the stuff that unfortunately right now we haven't figured out really smart ways to measure. But that's the the passing glance that someone makes at an out of home billboard, the social media stuff when someone goes and checks your Instagram and just sees. It doesn't even have to be overly stylized, but there's something interesting on there that's additive to their experience. That's the stuff that we we haven't found super savvy ways to measure yet, but they it's have. very important. They have. That's right. Yeah, they have. We it. have. You're now we. That's First right. First month don't work. I'm I'm, I'm I'm getting used to the the we's and the use. We changing the game, bro. Yes, we, we changing are. the game. Because as much as I down talk it, I'm on a mission to to raise the level. We're gonna raise that bar, bro. Mm, that's my whole mission. I mean, that's, that's why I Part of my try to do a lot with ABA. That's why I try to go out and, and talk and look. I can be wrong a lot of times, but I'm always confident. <laughs> But to that what, point, what he makes up for in incorrectness, he makes up for in bravado. That's that's right. That's right. They call me Mr. Bold Statements. You can sing it to is the song. BS, is that what BS stands for when they talk about how much you BS? Bold no, statements. No, no, no. Bold statements are, is not BS. Because it's, it's just a bold statement. Oh, okay, but I'm I'm saying that's what I hear. But but they must I, be saying I, I speak the they're, truth. They're talking about bold statements. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I okay. speak the truth. Okay. But to that point, uh, we are bumping up on time here. Drew, give us some uh, give us closing, some bold statements. Closing thoughts on where you want to take this 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 young career, burgeoning career you've just begun. Did I use burgeoning correctly there? Uh, he's been in a career. <laughs> like, I, I'm a step. Your I'm a stepping job. stone in his career, say, I, but it's gonna be I, a long. I think stone. I incorrectly used that. But go ahead. Um, where do I want to take my career? Um, or, that, or banking, your influence on design, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that that banks are still kind of competing with, and it's something that uh, I've tried to 
to work against and continue to do is that there's so many new, there's so many consumers in the marketplace now that kind of came of age and kind of came of awareness um, right after the financial crisis. So they intuitively do not trust banks. They don't understand them. They're not interested in understanding them. And so I think that's kind of a place where marketing and advertising can play a good role in just having really strong, savvy explainer content, making uh, clear statements, not having confusing language, things like that. Also having sophisticated design that's accessible and and kind of educate this generation on how they can partner with a bank, especially community banks, because they're in such a good place to help people and in making the community bank services accessible to uh, to these people who need them and who frankly want them. They just don't quite understand it yet. Yeah, I think remembering the bankers are understanding that bankers think like bankers. They've always been in banking. Of course you'll understand what HELOC stands for right. and what a not not may is and that I think it, one of the, one of the old kind of tropes in in making good advertising is that it should be benefit driven. So what's the benefit of of this radio commercial or or print piece or whatever it is and I, I think you lose that sometimes when you're overly familiar with a product or a service. What is the benefit? Why why would what's someone the value? Yeah, why would someone need to uh to take out this auto loan here as opposed to there or, or whatever the product might be. And so figuring out what that benefit is, that nugget, that will, if you can come up with a unique answer to those questions, that will differentiate you from the community bank down the street and it'll make your advertising and marketing much, much better. I like it. Yep. Me too. I like it so well. I'm a believer. I put a ring on it. Ah, oh. that's right. I mean, a employment agreement. Oh yeah. And, and by that you mean ring. <laughs> Hopefully my wife's not listening to this. No, hopefully she is, because that would be our only listener. <laughs> <laughs> our audience would have increased infinitely. Perfect, perfect. All right, well, Mr. Drew Grossman, the man with the, the plan, new Mabus employee, ready to take the world by storm and create a banking advertising machine over here, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Like is. I'm running out of words today. Yeah. But anyway, Josh, you got any closing statements? Um, yeah. Okay, make them. Uh, love, love everybody. Thank y'all for coming out, supporting us. Oh, that's terrible. See y'all next Friday. Uh, bye. and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not reflect the official policy or position of any financial institution or agency, Renaissance Corporation, Renaissance Bank and its affiliates, or the Mavis Agency. For more information, please visit marketingmoneypodcast.com.